we've been talking about it, but we're definitely going to bring the kids on the podcast here soon. We got to do a, like a a lot of these podcasts I listen to do like a parent a parent segment or a uh, ask me anything life life advice type segment. We're going to do the kids questionnaire, a little kids Q and A. Let the kids steer us on this one. I know they got good stuff. I mean, these kids are so aware. They they've got access to all the information they need to spark up a good conversation. I mean, we got two kids that are playing tennis. All right, guys. Happy Monday. We're recording this on Monday about 8 p.m., so you guys probably won't be listening to this on Tuesday. Um, but no, episode five of the Pure Tennis Podcast. We would have been absent a couple of weeks, busy uh, with some travels. We had a Yonix week last week, so I was out there all week. That was a great event. Harper's Club in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, great. I mean, just an awesome host for us to kind of bring our, our Yonix family from L.A. in. And they gave us, I mean, an awesome presentation on all their newest and greatest um, apparel, rackets, shoes. They gave us the whole, um, a whole list of just great information, a bunch of great pamphlets of stuff that, I mean, you just don't get that from a lot of these brands. And I thought that was really special that they took the time to do that. Hopefully it's not the last brand that we have an event activation like that. They gave the, the Yonex string tour was free stringing for any player, any racket. Uh, they brought, I mean, they have great stuff. I mean, they I was me, actually... They gave me two sets of strings. They gave me eight, I got it on video, man. You were Yonics. you were stunned when they hooked you up with two Polytours. Like Polytour Pro and how Polytour Rev, was it? Oh, uh, yeah. But no, that's they're str- I've been using their string all week. And no, Yonix is legit. They got two head-to-toe players in the ATP Finals in Hercuts and Casper uh, Rude. So that, that's, that's pretty special. Nobody else has anybody head-to-toe in the top ten. So Yonix is making great strides. Uh, just hearing from them how everything that they do and manufacture, all their go- all, all their goods are sourced from Japan. Everything's manufactured in Japan. Their quality control is, uh, I mean, head and shoulders at the top of the game. With I mean, 50 checkpoints per racket. I mean, for every racket. So I mean, that just ensures that every weight, every length, um, the the shaft shape, the frame shape, everything is identical to one racket from another. They told us a pretty cool story how one of their top juniors in the 16s had five Yonex rackets, and uh, they, they give five to him every year, I guess. So he was like, can you send me five more? I just want to show you that. I, I just want to show some parents and coaches that um, that they're all the same or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they sent ten rackets without even checking them. The girls told us, and all ten rackets weighed out the exact same, specked out the exact same. So, no, Yonex, was, they did a bunch of great stuff. Um, those guys, they got a bunch of fun personalities. They got Tiafo, Casper, Hercots, Naomi, Kyrgios, um, Shapovalov, Bublik, uh, just a bunch of guys I'm a fan of. Nishioka, shout out to Nishioka, another guy. You say the girl that drops, drop shots everybody and lobs everybody. Isn't she a Yonex girl too? Who, who's this? You're, yeah, they know. got Belinda Benchich as well. H-S-I-E-A. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't never pronounce her name, but I, I think you're right. She is. I think I you're looked, right. I looked her up when I was, I think all, you're, I was rocking the Yonex. You're, you're Team Yonex, or you were initially. Yeah, I'm so, all Wilson now. Now you changed over to Wilson, but... Guys, appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll, we'll get on with the show. I mean, a bunch of stuff to talk about in the tennis world. ATP Tour Finals. I mean, it's it's an event that I think tennis needs to put more emphasis on. Because, I mean, I feel like all these this, these all these guys work their tails off to get in the top ten. And a lot of guys are breaking in for the first time. I mean, you just had Felix, who's not a part of the ATP Tour Finals, but just broke into the top ten. Sinner uh, just broke in there not too long ago. Hercots, Rude. Uh, so just really cool to see these guys at the top. Uh, and what, kind of what it takes to get over the hump. Cam Norrie, another guy that's, that's up there now. Um, so it's just been an, a really fun year as, as a tennis fan. Actually, Norrie's now 12, so he dropped back out of the top 10. But just an awesome year of tennis, uh, even without the big three being uh, other than Novak, who had a, an incredible year. 
uh, with you know you have Rafa and Roger out for majority of this year, but just an unbelievable year of tennis as a, as a tennis fan. And now that fans are starting to fill these arenas and stadiums back up, it starts to feel like we're we're getting back to some normalcy out here. So what you, you, I know you've been tuned into the ATP Finals today. Yes. What have been your main takeaways after two day, after two days of tennis? I watched uh, um, Djokovic um, rude match today, and that. Um, that was just awesome tennis because I don't get to see um, every tournament and that watching mm -hmm. him play rude was just kind of um, picking him apart and then really close first set just to have him completely dominate him in the second set. I watched that and then I watched Rublev and Tsitsipas Shh. today too, which was awesome because just a completely different match. And both of them just baselining each other the whole time. So it was really good tennis, obviously, like it should have been. Right. <laughs> and the top, top people. So that's my, uh, that's my first uh, really getting into the ATP finals for about 20 years. So. I think that's – but that's what you said. I don't think you're in the minority there. E even as a, a, I mean, a diehard tennis fan like you are, I think a lot of these fans that I've talked to, it's like it's an afterthought. And I think that – Tennis needs to find a way to put a bigger emphasis on it. I know people are like, these guys don't need the money. These guys don't. But, like, tennis needs to spotlight the top talents. And it needs to figure out a way. Like, even people can say that they don't need the money, but tennis needs to grow the biggest faces of the game, especially the ones that are going to be the future of the of the tour going forward when these guys, when these top three guys are done. So this is, like, the way that they can get the spotlight. They can build a bunch of content around these guys while they're all in the same city. I, was, I thought it was really cool to see all these guys walking through um, the streets of Italy and uh, Turin, and you got M Matteo Berrettini kind of giving them history lessons, like yeah. walking through his, his, his home country. Uh, Yannick Sinner actually is now going to get tapped in as Berrettini had to retire against Zverev. So another Italian will be able to kind of show these guys around, the, around his country land. And I think that, that whole aspect, and, like, you can get these guys to interact a little bit and um, just be more relatable because, I mean, we don't hear a bunch from those guys, especially the ones that are um, – yeah, like the Hercotses and the Rudes and the Rublevs and the, I mean, other than the top five guys, it feels like we can we, we need to get to know these other guys more so that we can they can kind of grow that that fan base like the big three did for so long. Yeah, cause, well, because for me, I don't know if it's something to do with the tournament itself being just purely the, and this might just be me not knowing, but it's just like the the rankings is what they're playing for, right? Mm -hmm. So you can you can still move up at the year end. Yeah. So if you win, is that right? You win the yeah. tournament, you can for sure. So there's some ranking there. There's some uh, bragging rights on the line, but uh, so, make it it, more or think of like a an interesting perk that like you can if you win the ATP Tour Finals, you can miss one event the next year that you don't have to defend your points or something. I, I I'm just spitballing, but something that you can that kind of motivates these guys to give it their all. Because I mean Berrettini, I'm I mean that guy. I mean I'm full, I feel horrible. He said it was the worst day uh, of tennis in his life and worst day on court. So I mean he was really hurting, but I mean I feel like some of these other guys like. Um, that if, if they're not fully healthy, they're not gonna they're gonna wait till they're healthy for the Australian Open rather than kind of put their body on the line for this uh, ATP, ATP Tour Finals. So I mean, but outside of that, I think it's been a great event. I've just watched uh, probably about two, a little over two matches. I watched the first day of action where we got uh, Medvedev versus Hercats, which was amazing tennis. Hercats is a freak. I mean, he, his he's so smooth. He looks like he's moving at a his own tempo. You can't really like get him to panic or anything and he just 
played amazing offensive tennis. I, thought, I watched that match too, and I thought that he had he had Medvedev looking more herky jerky than he typically does. Like I, he I, had I him agree. bouncing like back and yep. left, like up real upright, and yep. then just chopping him down. But then Medvedev still pulled. Him. No, Medvedev, the fact that Medvedev Medvedev basically did to Hercots is Novak did to Medvedev in the finals yeah. of uh, Bercy. So. That was interesting to me. These courts are playing fast is what the guys are saying. I know Medvedev said basically one good shot, the point can be over on these fast courts compared to the very slow courts that we saw at the Rolex Paris Masters. So I think that's a quick adjustment for those guys to make, which I like the fast courts. I I prefer to watch that. I don't like to see the ball on a hard court kind of hang up too long and give these guys all types of uh, time to get get around the ball. But, I mean, Rublev, like you saw, I mean, he's benefited greatly from these fast courts. He just took down Tsitsipas in straight sets and – he hasn't been in form for it feels like months, and to see him play with that confidence um, and hit, hitting through through the guy like Sitsipas was pretty impressive. So I think that he's like such an indoor player too. I think no, you've been him. on that as well, saying he's and I think that's fair. I mean, I think that he performs at his highest under those type of conditions where the courts are fast. There's a roof over his head, and he can kind of hit his flat ground strokes and swing out. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but no, the Medvedev match was incredible. I thought Hercats. I mean, it just seems like. And every match that I watch him, even the uh, Novak match at, at Rolex Paris, is like a few of his volleys that he comes in, he's just a little bit relaxed and pops it up. And when you got guys that are, his, I mean, if it's anybody else that's yeah, not Medvedev almost, or Novak. It's not aggressive. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit lax. And he pushed one yeah, deep on, on Novak. He, hit a, he popped one up against Medvedev. And that's just, those guys are two of the best movers in the sport. And that's where you really, I mean, we're being picky because the guy's top 10. So it's like, he's amazing. But... To get to that next level where you start knocking these top three or four guys out, you got to have that finishing ball. And I think that's the next step for Hercots. I mean, laying a little more weight on the forehand maybe, but his variety, his backhand, his court coverage, his serve, he's got a lot of the tools that you need to be a top five player. And uh, just his development at 23, I believe he's 23, has just been a lot of fun to watch. He's he's here, and I think he's here to stay. So that was one match that stuck out. I think the Zverev, for him to take out Berrettini, uh, that, that first set was a battle of two heavyweights clocking the ball. Berrettini's f- forehand was a little bit sloppy, but when he when he finds the strings, that ball is absolutely, I mean, it's corked. I mean, he unloads on the ball. And Zverev, I think he's just mentally at another level right now with his confidence. Ever since the Olympics, I know it's been a thing, but I think that really, whatever he figured out at the Olympics. This whole year, I think he's been in, a, like like you're saying, like I've noticed that just kind of being... I watched him as just this dangerous. Like I feel like those those guys, all these, every in the top eight, I feel like are amazing players. But I feel like you have Medvedev, Zverev, Tsitsipas, and Djokovic. They're mm-hmm. different a breed. Yep. All four of them could just like I'm, win I'm, any tournament. Even I'm, though I'm even willing to say that at this at this moment right now, I would say Novak, Medvedev, and Zverev have separated themselves from the pack. Yeah. Um, at a at a pretty like it's it's kind of like you look at the points, the points are like I I think him and Zverev are like literally identical on the points, but with Tsitsipas and Zverev. Yep, I yeah, think they're I mean, both at sixty five hundred. I feel like Tsitsipas had a little stronger beginning of the year, and then it... yeah, after his clay court season, I really thought he was going to take off with yeah. it, but yeah. he really never found that same confidence level, same type of offensive mentality, stomping on the ball, and just. I think all of it kind of got to his head after the uh, bathroom break at the U.S. Open with the Andy Murray yeah. thing. 
it kind of seemed like he kind of lost his focus a little bit. I think yeah, well, all he, the media, I think it got to him a little bit, if I had to say. I would like for him to answer that question. He lost his war face. Like, even today in the Rubelev match, he had that, like, he had, I just felt like he was just passive, a little bit, a little more passive than he's yep. been. In the, but you're right. Like, you have Medvedev, who's got the title. Djokovic has three titles. Vera's got the gold. Tsitsipas has some, some, quality like championship wins but they're none of those like signature this is the big crowning achievement for the year so no. i agree that like there's he's probably not in that it would be the top three and then the rest and i think that carlos match was also a little bit damaging to kind of his spirit a little bit like that match was i mean so high level and for him to kind of get beat by the next up and comer i think that kind of just confidence is so crucial at that level you need to be like 100% all in, bought into yeah. your game, bought into your game plan, playing on your front foot. Um, and I think that's where Tsitsipas just lost a little bit of an edge there. So I'm interested to see how he bounces back in 2022. Uh, I don't think he's going to win the ATP Tour Finals. It doesn't, it looks just, these courts don't really suit his game as, as well, being as fast as they are and being indoors. I feel like his backhand is attackable. And um, But no, I think this, this tournament's a lot of fun. I really do want tennis to kind of highlight this event more because i think putting these guys together and playing in a round robin format is pretty sweet and it is. so who, who do you got who's who's winning this event this week oh man i would i would have i would be crazy to um bet against medvedev right now because i think that he's still the hottest player that's kind of going i think djokovic got him in the you know um Bursi. Last week, yeah. Yep. So that's it's, it's one the of Gator Boys, two. man. It's something about Lacoste has something going over there with those two guys. Yeah, and I the one thing that we haven't even really talked about Novak and what he's done this year is I just Djokovic. Yeah, when you look at it, it's sad that he it was such a huge hype that goes into when you like winning the Grand Slam and winning the what what do you call it with the Olympic gold and mm -hmm. the Golden Slam, the Golden yep. Slam, and then it didn't happen. But it's still like, dude, one three slams exactly and was in the finals on the other two so this is his 13th event and he's going to be the year end number one for the seventh time i mean that's yeah. playing 13 events that's absurd novak is i i really can't believe what he's been able to do at 34 years old i mean he hasn't lost any flexibility he hasn't lost any range of motion he's still getting out of corners as fast as he was when he was 28 29 years old he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. He's like, he's able to play different styles and dictate using. I mean, whether it's serving volleying, whether it's using the drop shot to a more effective rate, bringing guys in when they don't really want to come in, and using his. He's one of the most precise pass, passing shot, uh, I guess, artists that I've ever seen with what he's able to do off the short angle cross or the down the line poke. Uh, but Novak has just been sensational. I don't. Like his ability to keep these guys who are superb athletes off balanced, like I mean, it's like consistently. Rude today. Yeah, yeah, like keeping Casper Rude like yeah. stepping on his own feet yeah. at the baseline, who's been one of the most steady baseliners and one of the best players on tour all year long, yeah. is just like it's crazy. Like he just Casper has no idea if he's gonna hit the ball cross court, Left, if he's gonna right, drop yeah. shot, if he's gonna poke it on the on any shot on any shot. I mean, it's like Novak has. That's why I think the difference between. I think the great players like there's rhythm, and then and then there's this just like complete unpredictability that I fettered and and Nadal yep. clearly 
are the um, masters of doing it as well, but it's just like they could go either any way on any shot. So it's like you can never really get into like this like breathing rhythm of no. just time it, time it, and then I'll wait till you hit short and come in. It's just like they're gonna put you into a spot anytime they want because they have every single shot. And I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that. No, I mean what what I thought Novak was done against Medvedev in at the Rolex Paris Masters. I thought he was done. I mean Medvedev Me too. was so comfortable hanging with him from the baseline in the first set. And I thought he had him too, just from the, just being the, like he's got him in the mind. He's like, oh, he, now this is Medvedev's time to just mm-hmm. start putting Djokovic away. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, <laughs> nope. But that's that just goes to show that like these guys, as strong as Novak's mental game is, probably the, the strongest mental game of I mean maybe the his his ability to kind of bounce back and put himself back in a winning position and believe in himself it's probably as impressive as any athlete I've ever seen I mean he really truly never believes he's going to lose a match and it doesn't matter if he's down a set and a break I mean Medvedev had him on the ropes and he just kept pushing forward kept playing offense and kept shortening points and it and it ended up turning it around and he was able to get to the net at a higher rate and win probably like I think I saw 65 to 70 percent of the points yeah. up there and Medvedev was playing unbelievable tennis, and he took it to him still. And no, I think Novak is just a possessed man. It's They're- amazing too when you think about that match too, because it's just such a tennis has that microcosm of of all sport. Is that at the beginning of that match and during the match, Medvedev, like in my head, I'm watching it as the clear aggressor and the mm-hmm. owner of the court, and then as. Djokovic beats him, it immediately goes back to the, oh, well, Djokovic was clearly the predator, and, and Medvedev was just kind of, it's like, he just flips it back to now he's the number one, clearly. I mean, there's and no, I think no that, one can beat Djokovic I'll, again. <laughs> no, seriously. But that's why I start, I'll start, like, especially those big matches, I'll live tweet them, because yeah. I really want to go back and remember the emotions that I felt at certain points of the match, and, like, there was numerous times where I was like, oh, like Novak's just not going to check into this match. He's just not interested in going 25, 30 balls with Medvedev today. And I just felt that he was going to, like, this was just Medi's title to win. And Novak, just like he's proved us wrong a billion times in the past, he just went about his business, did his meditation at the end of the first set, came back out, bounces back, rebuttals, I mean, gets Medvedev on the defensive, and then it's it's all she wrote. It's all she wrote. And then before that, though, Medvedev had won four straight sets on him, and it's like this. Exactly. Yep. It's like there, he just can't beat. He's got his number now. It's just this. This is the. They end. were all six four too, like six four, six, six four, four, six, six four, six, six four. Yeah. But no, I think that's that's the kind of ATP Finals recap that we. Uh, I can't wait to see how this all turns out. I don't know if Sinner is going to be able to make enough noise to kind of put himself in a winning position, but I know he has Medvedev, and maybe Zverev are his two opponents. I believe that's just going to be a. I, I do love this event, and I, I do wish that tennis can find a way to promote this event to the, to the casual fans because I think they would enjoy it, knowing that this is a top eight players in the sport yeah. in the world. No um, other sport does it. No, no. Next up, we got the Next Gen Finals, which is going on, which is just sorry, just just concluded this past weekend. Uh, you got Carlos Alcaraz took the title. I'm not sure that's a huge surprise to where the 18 year old is in his game, but I think that this tournament put the guy in a spotlight that just. This guy is the future of the game, and his his movement, his pop, I, he he's maybe the strongest. I mean, he hits the ball as hard as anybody I've seen, especially off the forehand wing that I've seen in I don't even know how long. I mean, his forehand is unbelievably heavy. He can his backhand is so steady. His his foot speed is absurd. His ability, like the one point I saw was against I believe it was Corda, 
where like they were flip, like flip flopping offensive defense, and then he came to the net, and the ball hits the tape, and Alcaraz has the body control and the athleticism and like the the balance to kind of adjust his body and make a crazy volley off off the net off the net and put it cross court short angle for a winner. It's just that guy is a different level, and it it makes sense that Juan Carlos Ferrero has has been a believer since he was 15, and that's just I love that story. I love their relationship. That's a tough duo, and I do expect him to uh, make that next jump next year. And I, I really wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the ATP Tour Finals as, awesome. as a 19-year-old. You did, you played Andy Murray too, right? That was the five-setter. Yeah, but, the yeah. um. Or three? No, not five. What were you talking about? At the uh, yeah, he played he he uh he played Murray I think twice this year. Wasn't he the? Didn't he do? Man. Oh no, that was the Indian Springs. Now we gotta look it up, cause I. Indiana Wells, you mean? Indian Wells, yeah. Let see what we I got. I think that was Andy Murray and Carlos Alcaraz. So we had no. They they played they played twice. Yeah, that was right. They played twice. They played once outdoor, at the uh, at Indian Wells. Murray won in three, which you were right. And then they played in Vienna, which Alcaraz won. So, Vienna was a great event as well. So those guys have those guys are getting yeah. familiar with each other. The 34 year old and the 18 year old. Crazy. Um, Alcaraz is just I that guy is. Maybe the most fun player to watch on tour. Yeah, and, and you've been hyping him. I like that though. That is. He's he's just his mental his mental game is strong. He he fights. He's he has fun out there. He's a fun personality. He's you can tell he just loves tennis, and I expect him to like his idol is Rafa Nadal, who's that obviously is a, uh, a, a that's big points big points for him on my end, and then he, he but he always says he emulates his game closer to like what Federer plays, uh, with the straight arm forehand and stuff. So. I think if tennis was a, was a, if there was any doubt that tennis was going to drop off without the big three, I think guys like him are going to uh, put some confidence back in the in the in the fans' eyes, and he'll he'll be someone that fills arenas and stadiums for years to come. Um, the the finalist though, Seb Korda, the American, thought he concluded a great year, uh, a breakout year for him as well. He's going to be another guy that um, just ranked 41st right now in the in the world. He's going to be fighting for a top 30 spot in 2022. And I, I really like his game. He he's made some adjustments just in this last four or five months, especially with his serve. He went from the standstill position where he kind of um, just goes up and gets it from his his uh, initial spot to where he kind of clicks the heels now and goes up and gets it. He's been able to add five to seven miles an hour on this serve on the first serve, and just it allows him to dictate off that first first ball forehand uh, much easier now. And I think that's a huge difference for someone his size. He's got to be able to find that 125 to 130 range first serve at a consistent rate, 65 to 70 percent. So he can kind of rely on getting breezing through some of those service games and um, sustain that energy and that level in, in the majors and in the, in the Grand Slams. So I thought that's another guy that we, we saw a lot of good things from. Nakashima, another tough American. I expect him to make another leap in 2022. Uh, he's just he's his backhand is, I mean it's I won't say it's world class. I might be a little heavy, but he's got a superb backhand. Just his ability to kind of find the angle off that backhand is super strong. And he's another guy. If he finds a, a, the first serve of kind of those top 20 guys, he's another dangerous player. Uh, his, his forehand's got a little bit more polishing up to do. But, you know, he's only 20 years old. And at 6'1", he's got nice pop to his game. He can move pretty well. He's smart. And I just think that American tennis, to have those two guys kind of coming down the pipeline as, you, as, as the future of uh, American tennis is a pretty positive sign for us. Yeah. Oh, another guy, the last thing I had on Next Gen was Sebastian Baez. Some way to Alex Gruskin of Cracked Rackets. Shout out to uh, the Mini Break Pod. We, we, we go on there every Tuesday now. 
he's told me, he's like, do some homework. He's like, I need you to check out Sebastian Baez and kind of everybody's going to compare him at 5'7", Argentinian to, to uh, Diego Schwartzman, but he's got more pop. And I, to be honest, I'd watched like maybe like an hour of him in my whole life combined. And I really probably never took note of him, um, but he's got getting to watch him at the uh, next gen finals. I, I, I'm a fan. Uh, the Gruskin had me. He, he was right. I'm a fan. He's fun to watch. He's got he's got more pop to his game on both on both wings, and the dude fights. And he just I mean he's gonna be a fun player to watch going forward. The next gen that, that's a great event. They play the four sets to four games, no ad scoring. Every point matters a little bit more, and you don't beat those guys you don't beat those guys up after the week. They're still pretty fresh, playing at a high level all the way to the end, due to the matches being half yeah, as long. That's Yep. No, it's not something that I want tennis to go to at any regular, um, with any regular consistency at any of these bigger events. But to change it up for the next gen finals, give these, give fans a different look. I, I think that was great. So next gen is an event I always have enjoyed, and I think just I it's feel a, like it'll kind of just lend itself to some big hitting too, instead of just like the grinder guys. But um, yeah, you're not gonna like you're probably not gonna wear anybody down over a, a, even if it's best of five and you go five sets. Playing those type of matches with no ad scoring. Oh, it's best of five, but no ad scoring. Best of five, no ad scoring. Oh, sets to four. That's kind of cool. Tiebreaker at sets to four though. Tiebreakers at three. Wow. So it's a it's a whole so different it's a different type of thing to learn. But um, no, it's like I was watching the content that they came out of that event with is great as well. Next gen finals is a great follow on social media, and I was actually worried. Corda, they were playing some soccer on the practice court, and Corda went to go volley a soccer ball, and he actually fell over the net post. I was like, this guy, you got to be easy out there, man. You don't want to be doing anything silly on that. It was like, I was like, I was like, it could have been a broken hip. Could be like Andy Murray out there next year. I like um, that the Americans are head taller than everybody too. You're looking at the, the yeah, <laughs> exactly. Standing at the very back and he's still head taller. That's funny. <laughs> and I also want to touch on while we're on the on the subject of these Americans, how about 12 Americans in the top 100? And people have said like. There's no American that's gonna win a Grand Slam soon. It's like, it takes it takes time to rebuild. Like there was American tennis had had, had a very rough five to six, seven, ten years after uh, you had Fish and Roddick and those guys and their careers. We we had a uh, tough a tough little bounce back, but I think now that you can uh, see the town the town is coming back and it's it's a healthy group of talent. I mean you got Brooksby, Paul, Opelka, Fritz, Corda, McDonald, Tiafo, Isner, Nakashima, Giron. Those guys are all talented, so I'm really excited going forward to next year to see who can, what, which one of those guys makes the next jump. Taylor Fritz has been in form, playing amazing tennis. Uh, just had a huge finish to the year at Indian Wells yeah. and in Vienna. And then Tommy Paul gets his first career title. I'm a huge TP fan. Ha- super happy for him. I mean, what an event. Taking out Murray, taking out Tiafo, and then Shapovalov in the final. Yeah, Awesome event from, t- from Tommy Paul and... He's not. He's not. He's not. Um, not done yet. He's still hungry. He's talked about being breaking the top thirty, and that dude is a superb athlete. And he's got it all. He's got the finesse. He's got the power, and he's not one of the biggest guys on the tour. But he fi- he still finds the juice off off the forehand. He can strike the backhand on the run. Still, he's got a. He can serve at one twenty five, one thirty. So, a lot of lot to look forward to for American tennis fans out there. And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. So any other final notes that you had? I know you've been tapping into some of these books here. Uh, I mean, I think we're going to have to do a whole podcast on the I, – I know I'm late to the game, but I just finished Andre Agassi's book, and I finished uh, Rafael Nadal's book. I read Open, and then I read Rafa. So, I, I, need to write, I need to read the Rafa book. I, I can't call myself a Rafa fan anymore until I read that book, I feel like. 
Last thing I got. Any interest? Do you have any interest in checking out that movie, King Richard? Will that be something that you go see? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out. Shout out to uh, Francis Tiafo and Riley Opelka for going to that pre- that uh, premiere event last night, I guess. I'm sure um, it'll be terrible, but I'm going to check it out. <laughs> hey, Will Smith, Will though. Will some dogs lately. It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, Opelka, I guess Opelka's officially dating Venus Williams. I don't know what... I don't know what the age gap is on that. I think it's like 17 years maybe. But that looks – yeah. And then you got Tiafo dating Ian Broomfield. I guess her name is Ian Broomfield. She played at UCLA who plays uh, Venus in the in the movie. So, um, yeah, if you guys are tennis fans, I'm sure you guys might want to look into that one is the Williams sister story is a pretty incredible one. Um, but, yeah, happy Monday. I'm sure you guys check us on Tuesday. So it will be Tennis Point Tuesday when you guys hear this. But I appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next week. Have a great week, guys. Yep, we'll be on Spotify and iTunes here shortly. But guys, appreciate it again. And if you guys have any questions, we'll have a we'll open up a mailbag here sometime shortly to do a little Q and A. And we got yeah some more gear specific uh, apparel, whatever you guys want to want to hit us with. So appreciate it, guys. Have a great week, guys.